your exile. Jamison Tyone starts for the Cubs in Atlanta tonight after a brutal loss last night. Cubs now a half game ahead of the Marlins in the race for the final wild card. Week four in the NFL features two games between winless teams, including the Bears hosting the Broncos. Bears have not started 0-4 since 2000. Magic Johnson says there's only one NBA team he'd be interested in owning, and that's the Knicks. He currently has stakes in three non-NBA sports franchises. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow smoke wings and world famous baby back ribs this is des moines sports station 106.3 kxno power number two millery condon des moines sports station 106.3 kxno david eichelt momentarily HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7. He will join us. Look forward to that. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we'll head to Chicago, catch up with the Capman, checking on his mood, Cubs Nation's mood, after one got away at Truist Park last night in Atlanta. Uh, Cubs uh, clinging to a precarious half-game lead for that final wild card. Let's talk Hawks. David Eichel joins us. Uh, multiple press conferences to listen in on yesterday. McNamara's, Ferrances, a couple of players as well. And David joins us. David, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Doing all right, guys. Uh, you know, a couple coffees in. It's certainly an interesting time of year. The offense is well, it exists, right? I mean, outside the fact that you guys had more offensive yards in the second and third quarters <laughs> than Iowa on Saturday. But, uh, you know, we, we progressed and we pushed through. And, you know, at the end of the day, us reporters and journalists, we've got to execute better. Yeah, I, I guess comes to – I still got such a kick out of uh, early fourth quarter. Somebody put up a poll. Which of the first downs was your favorite, the first or the second? For Iowa, just um, it was unbelievable. They had two first downs at that point. Well, uh, what did you learn yesterday? You know, but let me go phrase it differently. Listening to Cade McNamara yesterday, um, this was a guy that was um, back in August. Uh, we hadn't played a game yet. He's feeling pretty good about his team. He's feeling pretty good about what he thinks the offense is going to be. Uh, certainly, a different tenor, a different tone from the Iowa QB. Listening to him yesterday. Yeah, I think so. And by the way, my favorite one was the second one because that was the best play content that I think we've seen all season long, right? Even yeah. though it was probably the slowest 18-yard run we've ever seen. But to be fair to Cade, his quad's not 100%. I don't care what he says. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty apparent. But, you know, just looking yesterday, I just think there's such a sense of frustration right now within the Iowa offense, and Cade did not mince words. I thought he was going to find a way to take it back later in the press conference, but you know, for people who don't know what we're talking about, let's, let me find the exact quote from Cade McNamara. He was asked about the wide receivers only having 14 catches and 35 total targets. And by the way, this is going to be a talking point for the rest of the season and in the future because, guys, I don't know how the hell you get a wide receiver to come to Iowa. Yeah, great point. I, I just don't. I just I have no idea. I don't know how you're going to be able to recruit guys. It doesn't matter what the NIL situation is. Unless the wide receiver is just good enough to be a great college player and never in the NFL, they may as well make their money while they can. But Cade said, I'm just a quarterback. I'm not calling plays or doing any of that. That's not my decision. I'm going to run the play that gets called and find the open man. Mm. You're, you're without Luke Lachey. Luke Lachey has a potential NFL decision at the end of the year. I don't know if he has enough tape at this point to take the jump to the next level. But Ference has continued to say they feel good about the wide receiver room. 
They like the depth. They like the talent. No, they don't. <laughs> they, they can say they continue to develop them in practice, but if you're not even doing a wide receiver screen for Caleb Brown, who is the highest upside wide receiver I've seen in that room in probably a decade, you're not even getting him involved. And this is the question I posed over the weekend as to why I was thinking about. Why does it take Iowa offensive players a year and a half to two years to figure out the system, but only four days for opposing defenses? Mm-hmm. Mm. Why is it overly complicated? And you look at the other offenses around the country. Why, is, why do all 11 guys have to be perfect just to make a play work? When you look around the country, you have two guys that really make the play work or two guys blow an assignment, but there's still some positive plays out of it. I think there's so much wrong with this scheme right now. You've upgraded the personnel. I don't think that's debatable compared to last year. And we're still seeing the same exact problem. So I do think there's a sense of frustration with Cade McNamara. But I could go on a rant for this for 10 more minutes, but I know you guys want to ask other questions. So let's just... Let's continue on. We'll, we'll put that one in the can, but you're not alone, David. And, and there's a lot of thought, and the scheme is broken. There's no doubt about it. They've doubled and tripled and quadrupled down, and every single time it comes up bankrupt, and that's where they are with this offensive system. That being said, the schedule's not overly daunting. There is a real possibility of this team getting right back on track the next couple of weeks with Michigan State and Purdue making their way to Kinnick. But, you know, it, maybe it's, in a way... They piled up a bunch of victories. They've won a bunch of games, but has the the ease of the Big Ten West, in a way, kind of thwarted this program and and stopping them, and also accelerated the gap between them and the elites of the Big Ten, just because of how bad this division has been? Yeah, and I think this is the worst division in college football history. Well, I mean, be. I think the ACC ACC had a talk about it maybe a few years ago when Virginia. Made oh, yeah. the conference championship when they were seven and six, I think, the end of the season, and that was a horrible team. But Minnesota blew a three touchdown lead to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Northwestern's yep. absolutely reeling as a program right now. I mean, whoever wins October fourteenth is going to win this division. And people are not going to like me saying this, but I think there's a couple hard truths in here. Number one, I think Iowa got content with the we won ten games last year. I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> I really think that's the attitude inside the locker room with the coaches, and not that they're not aiming to go higher. But based on how bad the competition is and how much better Iowa is as a program than the others in their division, I think it's made them, you know, a little bit oblivious to how much the game is changing to some degree. And that does not dismiss Kirk Ferentz as a great man, a great coach, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. do not get that twisted. And, you know, for as much as people say I rag on Iowa State, I give Iowa State a ton of credit. I don't care if they played Oklahoma State this past weekend. They changed the offense. Yep. They went air raid. They gave the ball to their playmakers in a spot, and it paid off for them. Mm-hmm. Matt Campbell and them, they're teetering their system toward the personnel they have. Iowa, it's we're going to stick with what we have. We're going to run our system, and you're going to be a part of it, not changing it for the playmakers that they have. And I think that's a big problem. And, again, you go back to the long-term future. I don't know how you get wide receivers or other skill position players at the University of Iowa, even from a transfer quarterback perspective. And if Iowa goes and wins nine or ten games this year, I don't want to hear chest bumping or chest puffing out being like, oh, look at Iowa. They're going to go to the ReliQuest Bowl or, you know, maybe they sneak into a New Year's Day six bowl, right? Yep. But the damage has been done on the national platform. This is going to take multiple years to write the narrative, and it's the correct narrative about Iowa's offense, specifically in the past game. The win totals is great for Iowa. It's great for Kirk Ferentz, and it's good for the players. Not dismissing any of that. 
But Iowa fans need to escape the bubble that they're in and look at the big, big picture mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. You have four relevant programs coming in the Big Ten. So that's just it. You're not going to be able to out-recruit them. Yep. So there's there's a lot of layers to this, I think, after what happened on Saturday. You know, you guys both said something here that kind of stopped me in my tracks, and I think that there's something to this. I think it's the fact that that safety net that is the Big Ten West has been there, and it's really covered up just the stink that's around mm-hmm. this off. Wow, well, they won nine games. I'm probably as guilty as anybody. Mm-hmm. What do you guys want? You won nine games. You won ten games. Blah. But I think that that's a big part of it, isn't it? Because it's just we just have to be good enough to win the Big Ten West. And the Big Ten West is so god-awful. It's awful. And it's this, it's this year it's worse than it's ever been. And it's never really been great. No, nope, absolutely There's not. There's been a couple of good teams. Wisconsin's had some good teams. I- Iowa had a good team that they made, the, uh, um, uh, made it over to Indianapolis. I think that that's. I think that this is really something we need to dig into. Mm-hmm. I really mean that, David. But is Iowa willing to dig into it? And that's the ultimate question. You talked about Iowa State willing to adjust on the fly. Wide receiver catches have been a huge conversation piece with all you guys on the beat this week. Us guys on radio. Fourteen catches, four games in for the wide receivers. Do you anticipate we are going to see a game plan, a scheme where? They do try to get the wide receivers involved more. They they've tried on the running game to do some different things. How about the passing game? I don't even want to make any assumptions. I mean, we're talking thirty-five targets in four games. Oh, we're wow. talking about a team that is getting outpassed by service academies <laughs> who run wishbones and triple option offenses. Right. There's an army wide receiver that has eleven receptions this season. Army guys. <laughs> So, again, I think you look at the long-term trajectory of what's going to happen with Iowa, and the reality is if they don't pass the ball this weekend, these gimme games are not gimme games anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm not totally off the bandwagon. I still expect Iowa to win nine games. I think we're going to see a couple at least decent breakout performances on the offensive end. We're going to see a couple defensive touchdowns because guess what? That's Iowa football. But even if that happens, I'm not giving Iowa an automatic win over Illinois. Nebraska is perfectly suited to beat Iowa this year. And I, I know how ludicrous that sounds. Guys, they are leading the nation in rushing defense. What happens if Iowa's rushing attack is not working? We don't know because Iowa goes three and out and they don't pass the ball downfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's this is a very dangerous moment. I think this is a very very important game coming up against Michigan State. One of the most important, I think, in the last few years. Because if Iowa loses to Michigan State with everything that's going on in that program and how horrible that defense is, I think the gloves, if the gloves aren't already off, the gloves are going to totally come off. The pitchforks are going to be there Mm -hmm. because the expectations for this team were this is going to be a different offense. They have the personnel. There's no excuses. It's still a top 15 defense, in my opinion. It's not top 10, top 5. I don't think it's close to that at this point. But I really think things could snowball if Iowa does not win this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to disagree one bit. What do you think, uh, in a quiet moment, if you were, you know, Seth Anderson and Caleb Brown, you know, Brown's on his, jumps on a call with some of his former Ohio State teammates just to catch up halfway through the season. I mean, what's he saying? These guys can't be pleased with their decision, right? I mean, football-wise, I'm sure they're getting a great education. There's something to be said for Iowa City, etc. But the fact that they are so underutilized, 
Um, wonder what they're saying when it, when it comes to their decision. If they're having, boy, I wonder if if this was really right for me. And, and this is me speculating, so I want to make sure this is clear before I say. I think Caleb Brown's a little bit more at peace with his situation because he really wanted to be closer to home, which was by Chicago. He's yep. very very close with his family, so I think he's happy about that part of it. And, you know, from talking to people behind the scenes, he doesn't seem overly frustrated at the moment. I know he's going to want those opportunities. And I think the thing that's been interesting to me to kind of evaluate is why is Iowa, who prides himself on defense and special teams, why are they more willing to throw freshmen into the fire than on offense? Mm. Think about the defensive backs. They get torched. I remember Desmond King got torched a few games his freshman year. Riley, Riley Moss. Moss got yeah. torched a few games his freshman year. And look what happened to those guys, how great they became. Right. Think about Iowa's wide receivers. Who has really been thrown to the fire? What, Emir Smith-Marset? Yeah. Maybe maybe Brandon Smith, but Brandon Smith wasn't even really that big a deal as his freshman season. And you think about the low number of scholarship wide receivers. Why not th- throw Caleb Brown there and say, hey, you know what? Go get open. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? We're going to send you a wide receiver screen. You're telling me that he's not capable of running an eight-yard slant route or a three-yard out route? at the cost of potentially breaking a couple tackles and making things happen. It's always just interesting, the philosophy in terms of who gets to play on Iowa's offense versus the other. Running backs, it's a little bit different, I feel like. But for wide receivers, I think you got some of your most, most talented, highest upside guys, if anything, playing five snaps a game. And that's completely inexcusable when Iowa's on pace to be worse than last year and worse in the Power Five, not by a small margin, by a wide margin, 245.5 yards per game. Every other Power Five team across the country has at least 300 yards per game. So, David, this is something that brought up earlier in the show today, and it is Cade McNamara. He is a cocksure guy, right? He is out Mm -hmm. there. He's strutting around. He believes in himself. He believes in what he does. The comments yesterday, things not going well. Iowa football's program has been built on a foundation of guys putting in the work, building yourself up, doing it right. He does not have the same equity in this program that most of those guys. Is there a concern about fissures, maybe starting within this program, bringing in a bunch of newcomers, guys that haven't gone through it, that are not part of the culture of Iowa football? If this thing continues to go awry, is that a concern of yours? I think it's an interesting question. Uh, I would say not the moment because this is what I'll say about Cade. And you mentioned his lack of, like you said, equity. I think the strongest endorsement for Cade this entire off season has been the way everybody's talked about his leadership. And I don't think it's just, I don't think it's BS because you look at where he's at and he's been voted team captain. He gave up locker room speech post Penn state. Everybody mm-hmm. seemed to really get fired up about it. I think the players have total belief in Cade McNamara, but again, this is where I speculate. I don't know how many players believe in the offensive scheme. I mean, truly to their core, believe in the scheme, especially when they continue to try to do the same things. There's three or four plays. And again, guys, you outgained Iowa in second and third quarter, and you didn't play a snap. Mm. I took more flights to and from State (laughs) College than Iowa had first downs. Yeah. on Saturday. So I don't want to say there's going to be fissures yet, but I think that's going to be a real, real question heading into next week if Iowa loses this game. But Joe Evans and a lot of the other guys have said, we're going to stay united, stay together. And I truly believe the players and the personnel aspect, they will remain together. 
So it's going to be very interesting to kind of watch unfold the next couple of weeks. As they did last year, and Jack Campbell was the, the ringleader behind that, right? He was coming out, he was sticking up for Petrus, and boy, Petrus took a lot of flack, a lot of arrows, a lot of you-know-what uh, from his career, and maybe it wasn't all his fault at the end of the day. David, great stuff. Appreciate it. Um, what's what's going on with Caitlin Clark? What was the Nike thing that was teased? Uh, is, that a, is there a shoe coming, or what's she up to? I believe it's a Nike tech suit, so it's like a higher-grade sort of jacket and sweatpants variety, and they kind of just come in a set. Uh, that's what I believe it's going to be, but I'll, I'll be honest, guys. I'll be shocked if Caitlin doesn't have a shoe right. by the end of this basketball mm-hmm. season. I think it yep. may be idiotic not to capitalize on it because she's one of the biggest names in college sports, whether people want to admit it or not. She's one of two athletes that has her own gear on Nike.com, and guess who the other one is? It's Bronny James. <laughs> Yeah, I keep getting I get such a kick out of reading Twitter or message boards. Uh, how the hell with football? When's Caitlin Clark season? <laughs> no, no women's ba- when Caitlin Clark season? Unbelievable. David Eichel, HawkeyeInsider.com, twenty four seven sports. David, thank you as always. We'll speak with you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, David. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good week. Yeah, you do the same, David Eichel, uh, on uh, the struggles. Putting mildly, yes, that Iowa offense. You know the 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 Big Twelve. West Big Twelve, Big Ten West being there, has kind of been that safety net. It has, and without it, just, it, yes, and they're without it. Everybody's without mm-hmm. it next year, and it, here comes Oregon and Washington, UCLA and USC, and don't look now; those are four offenses. And you take away yearly games against Illinois and Northwestern and Purdue, mm-hmm. you'll still play your three rivals. It appears, yeah, it, I think so. Yeah, but you take those three every single year. You get those three teams, mm-hmm. and now you substitute. Even if you get one of those three. And a Michigan and Ohio State who you missed this year. And you throw in now, or a Maryland. A little bit better, certainly, Maryland than those programs. Better, yes. And on top of it, a Washington, or an Oregon, or a USC, or a UCLA. That schedule looks a lot different. I've maintained my frustration over the last five, six, seven years with this program. And you look at top ten in terms of wins and all those numbers mm-hmm. in college football. Mm-hmm. But what more could have been with elite defense, with very good special teams, and what could have been with a competent offense? This was a missed opportunity. Yes. This was a missed era of Iowa football. As good as it was in comparison to mm-hmm. a lot of other programs out there, you missed an opportunity because you did not evolve offensively. Yeah, you're, you're right. But you, you see all the wins. And at the end of the it day, that's what it's about. And, and it just covers up everything, right? It does. Uh, it's uh, 25 after noon. We will take a time out. Off to Chicago we will go. Catch up with the cap man. Talk about those Bears and the Broncos. They collide. And you know what? That's the uh, Vikings-Panthers, winless, winless. Browns, uh, Browns, Bears-Bronco, winless, winless. Those are the two early windows that we get. Channel 8 and Channel 17. Ooh. Not a win amongst the four teams that will be playing at noon. So you're saying it's uh, going to be a lot of red zone for me on Probably yeah. if you're not a fan of one of those teams. We'll We're take... just excited about game one in the house that day. Which one? Uh, the Falcons. Oh, right, right, And the right, Jaguars yeah. because of the Toy the Story The Nickelodeon angle. deal or whatever. This one's be. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yes. Gotcha. We're locked and loaded. Jack's fired up for it. We're ready to go. 8.30, and that's, a, and that's an ESPN Plus only, yes, I think, right? I believe you're right, yep. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Uh, Cappy next. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.9. Oh, good.
You may know Exile Brewing Company. Fry was number one lager, Ruthie. Exile Brewing Company also brings you Swarm Golden Ale, where 20% of the revenue is donated to the Iowa Swarm Collective, helping Iowa student-athletes. And the Swarm Collective compete in today's college environment. 20% of the revenue from sales of Swarm Gold Nail goes back to the Swarm Collective and to Hawkeye student-athletes. Exile Brewing Company. Enjoy. Joined by Dr. Heidi Bell with Elite Eye Care. It's football season. Concussions always a big topic. This year, two to three million sports-related concussions will occur, and about half of those go unreported. Two out of every ten high school students will suffer a concussion. The most important part is following through with your doctor, but the recommendations are different than they used to be. At Elite Eye Care, we can diagnose and treat the post-concussion visual symptoms that typically exist. That's Dr. Heidi Bell with Elite Eye Care. With locations in Waukee, to an Ankeny and the newest location in Norwalk. You.com. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, joins us. We take a look. At the Cubs, at the Bears, and the Broncos as the nation awaits. <laughs> oh, God. What a stinker. Cap Trent Ken, thanks for coming on, Cap. How are you? What's up, gentlemen? How are we doing? Uh, good. So I guess let's um, kind of take the pulse of uh, Cubs Nation. Obviously, just a gut, a kick in the you-know-whats last night, right? Up 6 nothing, unable to hold it, lose 7-6. See a Suzuki, who's been really good. Uh, and I hope some of the uh, fan base remembers that um, when they you know jump online to kill him for, for dropping the fly ball. I mean, he's carried them offensively, Cap, as you, as you know, for you know last month or so. Uh, but just unfortunate timing, right? Just a, a play that... Um, you know, it's bad at any time, but in the final week of the season, when you're clinging to a playoff spot, yikes. Well, again, you're 100% right that people should remember he's been top four offensive players the last 65 days in Major League Baseball. Like, he's been the best hitter on the cup. So, it happened. But there are so many other issues from last night's game that I have. Pete Crow Armstrong. Okay, what are you doing wandering off a third right okay why is the manager bunting to get jan gomes to second with a guy who's a, had a three hit night and i'm no huge master bony guy he was good last fair. night He's 11 of his last 19 for crying out loud so this fascination with the bunt is ridiculous i i don't get it i thought david and i like david ross i thought he had a bad night last night managing um you got two strikes on ronald acuna jr this wasn't Phil Acuna. This was Ronald Acuna. And he's going to win the MVP probably. Him or Mookie Betts, he's a great player. Two strikes. You cannot allow him to get a pitch where he can get the head of the bat on it. Mm-hmm. You just can't. So that one's on Javier Assad. Justin Steele ran out of gas there. It happened. I get it. But how about adding on? you got a 6 nothing lead, and then you shut down the offense. Dansby? Hey, uh, it might be nice to get a hit once in a while here. Mm-hmm. Yep. 48? Are you kidding me? Mm. So there's a lot of issues. And a difficult schedule in comparison to everybody else fighting for 
those last two wild card spots with the Diamondbacks ahead of them. And of course, the Marlins right on the heels, along with even the Reds still alive in this one. Is it a team that just ran out of gas? Is it a team that, that teased us with the hot, what, month and a half that maybe took away some of the warts of this team? Where are you overall as we go into the final stretch? Well, they're probably ahead of schedule. I don't know if they, uh, if they teased us and then if they have warts, if they ran out of gas, their bullpen spent. I mean, no Mark Leiter, no Al Zale. Now, maybe you'll get him back Friday. Leiter might come back tonight. But you've got, you know, all these guys are on fumes. Mm-hmm. Dansby Swanson at the plate just looks overmatched. He just doesn't look good. Yeah. And so that, those are all issues. You know, the fan base, I love them, but, you know, Canario has one big game and automatically he should be, you know, starting ahead of Ronald Acuna Jr. in the All-Star game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I think he's going to be a, a nice player, but Pete Armstrong is overmatched at the plate right now. Mm-hmm. So if you can't hit, you cannot play him. Already there's people, why wasn't he in center field instead of Cody Ballinger or why wasn't he in right for Suzuki? Those are your two guys. Right. I have no problem with Bellinger and Suzuki. Just got to make the freaking play. Yeah, you're 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 100 right, Cap, and 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 it should have been made, but uh, unfortunately, it wasn't made. So it's up to Tyone today. What is this team? How do they approach today's game, Cap? I mean, that's got to linger, doesn't? But they can't allow it to. You can't allow it to, and they're pros. I mean, you know, this is where the leadership of guys like. Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger and Jan Gomes and Ian Happ. Those are the, those are your veteran guys. And then, look, there's no other sport where one player in a team sport can take over a game like starting pitching. Yeah. Like, you could have the greatest quarterback in the world, and if guys don't block for him, he's got no chance. If his receivers drop passes, he's got no chance. So... In baseball, it's the only sport. Hot goalie. Hot goalie, maybe. But still in all, eventually, if he's got no defense in front of him or nobody scores, he can't win. A baseball team, if you get a hot starting pitcher, he can literally shut you down. Is he going to be able to do that? We're going to find out today. That's on Tyone. This would be a huge, huge moment for him if he could go out and give you, you know, six. Seven really quality innings. We'll find out. Cappy, when you look towards the weekend of the Milwaukee series, the Brewers have it wrapped up. It was great to see Bob Uecker celebrate yeah, with the team in the locker room. It really I, was. I love Uecker, but we know that's the rival. Uh, we know that there'll be a ton of fans in there. Milwaukee's got two ways. Look, set the rotation, be good. Let's try to knock the Cubs out of this and not have 20, 25, 30,000 people in the building when we face off against them in the wild card round. How do you think Milwaukee's going to play this? In the series against the Cubs, they're going to make sure their guys get some work so they're sharp. They're not going to stretch out Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and any of these people to the point of, you know, 90 to 100 pitches. I just don't see it. Why would you do that? You're you're now, with their starting pitching, a legitimate contender to win the World Series. They can win the World Series. I'm not telling you they're my pick. I'm telling you they can yeah. They, like, I don't think the Cubs can if they get in. No, I don't either. They have a legitimate chance, Milwaukee, because every time they send a starter to the post, it's a starter who can win the game. So, yeah, they'll, 
I think they'll play it professionally, but they're not going to run guys out there for you know ninety to a hundred pitches and. Guys are in there in the tenth inning. If it's an extra, I, I'd be surprised. Uh, Cap, one more on baseball before we get to the Bears. It's away from the Cubs, and uh, you're old, um, so you remember certainly as I do. Um, Brooks Robinson, just a phenomenal third baseman. I think he's the best I ever saw uh, play. Cap, there's been some. I mean, Arnado right now is, um, you know, he's he's breathing that same kind of air. But Brooks Robinson, your memories, and did you ever have an opportunity in your career to uh, to interview him? I did not get to interview him, but I remember when they used to play all the playoff games during the day, yep. I remember the series against the Yankees and watching it and seeing him you know, make these diving plays behind third base. And then literally, I don't know how he got the ball across the diamond mm-hmm. like he did, nailing guys at first. He was literally the human vacuum cleaner. Yep. He was amazing. Over to some football. And as bad and frustrating as the Cubs have been, the Bears have taken it to another level. Take us back to a week ago. So we have you on. We talk about Justin Fields in the comments and then bringing the media gaggle together for a few more comments. And we thought, that's a wild day. That was nothing. Because the afternoon from rumors of an FBI raid, from Peanut Tillman being involved, who now works for the FBI, to what is happening with the defensive coordinator, just on and on and on. It had to be one of the most weird, odd, crazy days Probably in your professional career. Is that fair to say, Cap? It is, because I've had weird moments. I mean, I had to cover Dennis Rodman, you know, <laughs> when he had a wedding dress on. That was weird. Sure? I had to cover Tank Johnson when he got arrested with, you know, shooting guns in his backyard in the northern suburbs of Chicago when he was with the Bears. I had to cover, and I was on scene when Alonzo Spellman barricaded himself in his house. Mm. Mike Singletary had to come in and play mediator and talk him down and get him into therapy. That was different. There was, there's always been a lot of, you know, odd stuff in a major market with five professional. I'm not leaving the sky out of this, so nobody think I'm doing that. I'm just talking about the five that I normally cover: Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, White Sox, Bears. Those five. There's always been bizarre, crazy stuff. But last Wednesday, I mean, I I record my recap rush hour sportscast and. I get a call, I don't know, two hours ago. Hey, they just waved Nathan Peterman Bates the backup. Whoa! Okay, Braxton Jones went on injured reserve. He hadn't even, we hadn't even heard he got injured in the game. Then we had the two Justin Fields press conferences. Then we had the Allen Williams stuff. Like, it was a nonstop fiasco. Did the, do we have any more clarity on what happened with Williams, or is it still kind of hush-hush? They really aren't commenting. Adam, I know Adam Schefter reported it was some type of a harassment. Yeah, situation. an HR issue. I think you referred to it as right. Correct. So yeah. nothing criminal, and right. all the people that were you know spreading these salacious, horrible rumors. Shame on you. Yeah, that's a man's you know life. If he's cost him his job, and he was deservedly so, he put himself in that position. So shame on him. But. The salacious rumors that were out there were embarrassing to people. Cap, uh, the Broncos come to town after just giving up 70 points and yet somehow are a three-point favorite. They're winless. The Bears are winless. Something's going to change. I mean, which team has more pride maybe might might determine who wins this football game? It's not going to be a thing of beauty by any means, Cap, but somehow the team that gave up 70 is favored in this football game on the road. 
Yeah, it's amazing. It opened at two and a half and it went to three and a half. I don't know what it's at right now, but it was three and a half the last time I checked. And it's really, truly amazing to think you could give up 70 points and then go on the road and be favored. And all the sharp money coming in on the Denver Broncos. The only play in the game that I think I would make, I think I would play the over in this game. I think both teams are going to let all the tricks out of the bag to try and get a victory. I still think Denver's coming in here and winning. Same. Yeah. Ken's not excited about it. He's no. already thinking about draft picks for next head, year. Head-to-head Bears-Broncos when it comes to draft <laughs> pick. It's mock draft season for us Bronco fans. Cap should be for you Bears yeah, no, fans no, no. as well. We need, we need the Bears and the Panthers to pick one, two. Uh-huh. And so we get... Caleb Williams, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to see, speaking of first overall picks, did you see that little flip backhand past Connor Bedard that broke Twitter amongst hockey fans yesterday? Did you see that? I did. He's ridiculous. It's sick. The skill is sick. Anything else, Trent? We are done. Cap, good stuff. Thank you, as always. When we talk next Wednesday, are we talking about a, are we previewing or recapping a Cubs playoff game? Or are we talking about throwing dirt on the Cubs 2023 season? What you know doing? what? I'm going to say this. In 1998, we had the Brant Brown play yep. with the Sano Oh No screaming. Yep. And they got in anyway. So I'm going to say we're getting in. Good stuff, Cap. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Yep. See you, Cappy. David Kaplan joining us. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Uh, if you have uh, a need for stone veneer, manufactured, natural, whether you want to accent or even update an inside project, an outside project, so many of us, more than just fireplaces as well. I want to do something outside. Uh, plenty of options at Centurion Stone of Iowa. Browse the beautiful outcomes and products uh, with the interior and exterior selections. In centurionstoneofiowa.com you can visit the showroom 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Trent's Plays of the Day. Circus Sports sponsor those. They're next. Miller and Condon. On Des Moines Sports Station 106.27. Family owned since 1970. Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kempker's True Value and Rental. Kempker's has all your hardware needs, plus their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley, make it Kempker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at Kempker'sTrueValue.com. That's Kempker's True Value. Rizzy to learn more. Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Now's your chance to sit on the couch guilt-free all weekend long watching football while you heal after your vasectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. The doctors there perform my procedure in less than a half hour. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 and online at iowauro.com. A guilt-free football watching weekend after your vasectomy. 7-6. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day, presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Hey, Miller and Condon, welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Seen some buzz. Clemson may have found an out in the ACC. Made a way to get out of the ACC. Oh, really? It's a little buzz that is, that's expected an announcement sooner rather than later. Hmm. Where would they go? I mean, there's only two, which are they more likely SEC or Big Ten? SEC. Yeah, I think so, too. But they already have South Carolina there. That's just it. doesn't add anything 
to that, but it adds one heck of a football program. Yes, it does. Uh, well, we'll see where it goes or if there's Ooh. anything to it. Uh, let's. Uh, how did you do yesterday on your plays? Two and one. That's a winning day. That it is. Let's try and put them back to back. This is the first time in a long time. You don't have a play? I had to battle to find a play. Wow. I like nothing. You, you can't pass, you know. No, no, no. God forbid. <laughs> I have to have something. So here's my thought process. We know the Mets and the Marlins are getting together for two. Yep. They have not announced either side who's pitching game two. Look oh. at it this way. Either the Marlins take game one, mm-hmm. little momentum, roll it into game two, or it becomes a must win in game two. So I'm just playing without knowing the starting pitcher, the Marlins, game two minus 115. <laughs> They've already put a number not knowing who's going to pitch. Not knowing, yes, <laughs> who the pitcher is. Yeah. And you can you can bet that way. You also can bet where if the starting pitcher does not start, you yeah. can get out of your bet. Right. You can put that in there. But this way... I'm just taking blindly, not knowing who is starting. That's my angle for the Marlins tonight. The Marlins over the Mets. Here's a bonus pick. You know that I'm on Team Europe, obviously, for the Ryder Cup. Victor Hovland, 10-1 to to have the most points in the Ryder Cup. Uh, He's playing unbelievably well, right? You'll know early. This will be one you'll either be dead on Friday afternoon, and it's no coming back. If he likes the course, though, 10-1. to on Hovland. All right, we'll find out more about that course tomorrow. Matt Rudy joins us. Murph and Andy in five. The drive with Heather and Sean, three to six. The fantasy show tonight at seven. Kex to no fantasy show. We'll see you tomorrow.